Have you ever thought about how your skeletal system, the very structure that holds your body, might impact your mental health? Or have you thought about how the emotions and stories that you hold affect your body? In today's episode, we're talking with my favorite chiropractor, Dr. Jenna Snyder, about her holistic and integrative approach to the body. Are you in a season where you're longing for more, desiring inner peace, hoping for more authenticity in relationships? Perhaps you're feeling unsettled inside, like you know that God is calling you deeper, higher, and further than you've ever gone before. You are ready for change and it's time for something to shift. But what is it? What's been missing? My name is Amber Todd. I am a Christian counselor, and I believe that you were never meant to live a disconnected, segmented life. You were created for connection, deep, authentic, healing connection. First, within yourself, because your mental, physical, and spiritual health is interconnected. This is why I love collaborating with doctors and like-minded holistic practitioners who honor God's design for our whole being to function and operate in harmony. Life Interconnected Podcast is an intentional space you can come to every week to receive encouragement, hope, and a fresh perspective on your internal world so that you better understand your thoughts and emotions and how to live a connected life. Join this movement of mindful believers who desire to grow in our faith and cultivate a holistic approach to health and wellness. Subscribe to the podcast today and share it with your friends. Welcome to Life Interconnected. Hi, Jenna. Hi. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. I'm really excited. This is going to be fun. I know. I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to meet you and to be able to learn from one another over these last few years, especially. So thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I've been a fan of chiropractic for a long time. Um, But I just want to share with the audience, since this is their first time meeting you, that you are hands down my favorite chiropractor that I've ever been to. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And I just have to give you a shout out because when you hear from Dr. Jenna Snyder, I think the power of your approach to chiropractic and from my experience being adjusted by you is that you do have this intuitive awareness of how the body function functions within the system itself that you're working in, but also the connection between the other systems of the body. And I just really appreciate that you have this integrative holistic awareness, not just in what you do as a chiropractor, but also in the other things that you do professionally. So I just want to say thank you for all that I've learned from you. Thank you. That honestly is the best compliment I could have ever have received because that's exactly how I approach chiropractic and I want my patients to feel that exact way. So I, I that really warms my heart. Thank you. Yeah. Because I have to say not all chiropractors are created equal. And I say that with much love in my heart for Mm -hmm. the the others who have helped me. But I'm just curious because I I do feel like you are unique in your approach. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and your story and what inspired you to become a chiropractor? Yeah. I think it's always fun to start uh, start off this way. Um, So my grandfather was a chiropractor. So I grew up from infancy getting adjusted. Uh, it's all I knew. So when people tell me that they don't go, they've never seen a chiropractor, I kind of have to be like, oh yeah, there are people that don't just have it in their, you know, in their families. Yeah. Um, 
So when I was in seventh grade, uh, we had junior achievement and it was a career day and we had to take an aptitude test. And I already knew in seventh grade, like I had made business cards. I was going to be a chiropractor. Like, and people were like, I don't know what a chiropractor, like what, what are you talking about? And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so I knew, and it was funny because the aptitude test said that I should be a chauffeur, which I didn't (laughs) even think that was like a career path that they would like, you know want to show people, but yeah. uh, I do enjoy driving everywhere. So maybe they were right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So in seventh grade, I just knew that I wanted to do something medicalized. I always wanted to be somewhere in the medical field. I loved working with children, especially. Um, that is definitely a very strong passion of mine, but I also could see at a young age uh, how females weren't always uh, equally representative represented in um, our population for, for care. And so I just knew. So from when I hit high school, my guidance counselor was like, you know, what do you want to do? And I told him and college, I knew exactly what courses I need to take. And it just kind of was easy for me. You know, I know a lot of people don't come to that for a career, but I knew exactly that my hands and my mind wanted to be medical and I wanted to be able to approach the body from a holistic standpoint um, so that people could heal and feel better without medications or surgeries. And if that needs to happen, that's also a good avenue to go down to. But if we could look at the other routes, I feel like that was way more important to do. Yeah. Yeah. What were kind of key points in your education journey, or I know kind of the different trainings you've done that have given you more of that holistic, like integrative approach. Yeah. So a lot of my trainings, especially in school, um, when I do outside of school, like my classwork, um, were always pediatric and and women-based, but it really opened my eyes when people would come in with certain ailments or symptoms or anything like that, and they would get results really, really quickly from, you know, an adjustment or an herb or a supplement or homeopathic um, remedy. And so that really opened my eyes like, oh, wow, holistic has a way and it's been around for so long. You know, before we had standardized care, we were asking our mothers and our grandmothers and our aunts and our, and our elders, like, how do you take care of this? How does, how do you heal? And it was always a holistic route. So why, why can't we go parallel with allopathic medicine and show that holistic side? And so that always kind of drew me. It was just always a curiosity. Like if you could heal yourself with how you ate or what you did or exercised or a plant, why would you, wouldn't you go that path that had less symptoms versus um, medication, a pharmaceutical? Yeah. Which again, I think is one thing that makes you different and not saying this in judgment of other chiropractors, but I know from my experience, sometimes it feels like chiropractors, like they want you to come every week for the rest of your life. And there's almost like no (laughs) hope. It's like maybe not intentional, but it feels like they want you to be dependent on them forever. And yet knowing you and observing your work, I really see you wanting to get to the root and then also like empower your patients. Like you said, with all the ways they can support themselves so that there is like a means to an end. And the end is ultimately, is it healing? Is it wholeness? Like what, what to you do you see kind of your main responsibility as a doctor? Yeah. My, my favorite thing to say to people is I don't want to see you all the time and you don't want to see me all the time. The goal is to get you to a point that you can function, be healthy, and you know what to do outside of the 
1% that I see you, you know, I'm not going to be there on a Saturday night at 1030 PM to help you. So you have to know the tools to do it yourself. And a lot of people, it's, it's habitual things that we do. So when I approach someone, when I look at them as a, as a whole body, I'm also looking at ways that and giving them tools so that they can feel better outside of my care. I don't want to see people all the time, like I said, and they don't, want to see me as funny and amazing as I am. <laughs> they don't They don't need to see me that often. And I think that's where chiropractic gets a bad name because, you know, um, I have experienced other chiropractors that, you know, put me on a treatment plan and I have to see them all the time. And sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes certain um, symptoms require a lot more time together and we need to figure out a solution. So you may have to see your chiropractor quite often if you really want to deal with it. But there are also many, many other situations where you don't need to go that often. It feels good. You know, yeah. if yeah. I could be adjusted every week, I probably would. But I also know yeah. how your body responds and what to do outside of adjustments um, and chiropractic care that can heal you for the mm-hmm. long term. Because yeah. the long term is what we're always looking at. You know, we're not looking, we want short term gain to feel better, but we want long term results. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. I think you know, looking at what are the immediate needs, but also how can I empower patients with information and tools and resources, even at home, things they can do. And, and I heard you talking, not just about the body. Um, but I know you also use different tools like, you know, um, acupuncture and you're a yoga instructor. How do you view like the mind body connection in terms of your own personal awareness and then the way you practice? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the human body is absolutely amazing. There, there are things that our body knows to do that you just can't describe it any other way of just, just a miracle how we're put together, how we, you know, how mothers, um, you know, hold children in their womb or how we heal our body from a paper cut or, you know, whatever the incident, it's just, that is such a, beautiful connection that I think we need to honor that. And I find that when your body and your mind and your spirit all connect together, you get the best healing. And so um, when I approach care and I I look at you, you kind of have to look at, like how I just said, you have to look at the whole body and, and I, I just can't go back. I always think this is what I always come back to is a mother knows, and, and I am currently nursing uh, my seven and a half month year old, and my body knows exactly what she needs. And mm-hmm. how else can you describe that as just a beautiful connection of the innate knowing and the outside influence that it has? So, you know, my body can detect a degree difference of her temperature. And so it can cool the milk that she gets from, from nursing, or um, she may be coming down or something, or if I had something, I can give her the antibodies for. It. And how else can you describe that except for? Just, yeah. just, just, it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is when we like slow down and tune into, you know, it's not just what's happening in one system, but that all of our systems were designed to flow into harmony. And I'm fascinated by the skeletal system because I feel like I don't know a lot about it other than, you know, I can picture a skeleton. Um, but obviously, you know, I mean, you can identify every little vertebrae and mm-hmm. exactly, you know, where people are out of alignment. So tell us about what are kind of the foundational components of the skeletal system for people who don't know. 
Yeah. So for chiropractic, we're looking at structure. So we are looking at the skeletal system. We're looking at the joints in between the bones. Um, I also like to look at muscle tissue, um, how the uh, ligaments can play, like if it's ligament laxity, um, is the place, is the area that we're treating guarding. Like we're looking at different things, the, the space in between like your vertebrae or your discs, you know, we're looking at that whole system, but for most, it's just the generalized skeletal. So um, everyone knows the spine, you know, that goes from the base of the skull all the way down to your sacrum where your tailbone. Um, and then there's all the little segments in between. And then the spine also has the ribs that attach to it. And then we look at the outer, um, like, appendicular skeleton, which is like your arms and your legs. So you're looking at hip joints, knee joints, ankle joints, uh, wrist, elbow, stuff like that. So, you mm -hmm. know, you're looking at that whole skeletal system, but each part of the skeletal system has intricate levels and uh, other stuff that goes with it. So it's, it, it's very amazing, but it's also very, um, you know, you kind of have to think outside the box. It can't, you can't just narrow it down because there's like one area of pain. You kind of have to look at how that whole system functions. Um, with the skeletal aspect, but then also the muscles that overlie it, the nerves that intervene it, the um, blood that goes, the blood supply to it. So when I bring in like other types of medicine, I know you said like, I'm also an acupuncturist and a yoga, um, 200 hour registered yoga teacher. So when I look at that whole thing, I'm looking at every aspect of movement versus uh, traditional Chinese medicine. So I'm looking at um, chi flow, blood flow, um, and then I'm also bringing in that skeletal knowledge as well too. And yeah, I could, I could talk anatomy all day. That's probably my favorite yeah. <laughs> subject, which I think always helped me in school too, just to know the functional movement of the body, but also how mm -hmm. it, how it is holding you up, how, how it keeps you upright. Right. And that's what's, I think, you know, most people who don't have that knowledge, especially in Western medicine, they want to look at like the one part of the body that's hurting or having a symptom and then focus on that. Like after I had my daughter, I had like tingling, you know, in these two fingers mm -hmm. and, you know, immediately my primary doctor wants me to go see a hand doctor and, you know, yep. figure out what's wrong with my fingers. And, and I think it was you that helped trace back to like, there was some kind of pinched nerve or something going mm -hmm. on that in a totally different place in my body that was causing yeah. the numbness. But, and that why, you, you know, why is that so hard for people to understand that it's not just the one little spot. You know, it's funny that you said that. I was talking to a colleague, um, good friend of mine, and we were frustrated because we both had pa uh, patients that had like disc issues, so low back pain, and it was radiating down and then we needed to get imaging done and um, standard of care is x-ray first, but they would only x-ray her hip because that was where the most pain was. So like right above her um, glute muscle, they would only x-ray that. And it was like, well, no, you need to x-ray that and the lumbar spine because the nerves come out through the lumbar that go across that. But we, you know, my, my friend and I were talking about that. And I think the problem that has happened, and this is just a personal opinion, but I think allopathic medicine has become so specialized. So doctors now aren't just, you know, there are the general you know, medical practitioners, but now it's like, oh, you're a hip doctor or you're a lumbar spine doctor, or now you're a, um, a knee doc, you know, you work on knees only. And so like, they're, they're so focused on that one joint. So if the pain's in that one joint, that's exactly where it should be and where it starts from. But that's not the case. Our body is beautiful, beautifully made. And so a lot of the times it could be, you know, trace it all the way back up to the low back, or it could be a shoulder issue. You know, you have to be able to know the system and how it works from, you know, midline all the way out to the outer tips of your fingers. And, you know, I remember when you came to me with that, it was 
it was frustrating because it's like, oh, you have tingling. So it has to be in your hand. It's like, well, no, your nerves go through your carpal tunnel, but then what nerve is it? So, you know, there's only one nerve that goes through your carpal tunnel. So if you have certain symptoms that immediately eliminates that, but, but Mm -hmm. I don't know, I feel like sometimes generalized or uh, practitioners, medical doctors are so focused in on that one symptom that they forget to look, oh, hey, well, your nerves come out of your cervical spine. Is there impingement there? Okay. Or they cross over your shoulder joint where your brachial plus is it there? You know, you kind of have to um, like uncover the layers, you know, you get, you get an idea from the patient, but then you have to backtrack it and kind of be a little detective and figure out where it can be coming from. Yeah. And it sounds like almost the visual I get is like, obviously you're zooming in, listening to a patient of what mm-hmm. their presenting symptom is. But then I hear you kind of zooming out with all of your awareness of all the systems mm-hmm. and as a practitioner kind of scanning the system in your mind and knowing like kind of eliminating the process of what could be causing it. And is that like, how would you describe how you approach adjusting someone and kind of the different types of adjustments? Yeah, I give a really big... um credit to my schooling, my chiropractic schooling, because we are considered more on the uh, medicalized chiropractic. So when we went through schooling, our curriculum was very comparable to a medical doctor. Um, I'm not saying I am a medical doctor, but I'm saying our, our curriculum, what classes we had to take is very comparable. So when people come to me with certain symptoms and how I approach it is, okay, so I'm looking, you know, um, whatever symptom, and then I'm going to ask you a question and how you answer that question kind of leads me one direction. And then, you know, maybe you say something that triggers something. I'm like, okay, well, wait, let me, you know, figure out where you went with that answer. So, you know, let's use, let's use you as an example. You had tingling in your just specific fingers. Okay. Was it always just these fingers or did you have it more on the hand? You know, okay. Did you, you know, have a trauma or, you know, did you sleep wrong? What, you know, what were you doing the last few nights? Is it get better? Does it get worse? You know, we're breaking down the questions to get you to answer a little bit more. And so I credit a lot of holistic doctors for asking questions repeatedly over and over again. And a lot of times, you know, even my general practitioner, it's like, I get, one question, I answer it and then he's, he's done with me. And it's like, okay, well, he has his answer. But you know, when I go to like my holistic, um, you know, when I, even my nurse practitioner, when I see my nurse practitioner, she's like, wait, you said something specific that triggered something. So now I'm going to ask you maybe the same question, but in a different way, because maybe I'll get a same answer or like a different answer, or I get more detail from it. Um, and that, that's where I, I think it's just how my schooling has taught me to repeat questions, but repeat them in different ways so that maybe the answers change, but gives you a better, um, like path to take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Cause I, I think hearing you describe your process is like similar for me as a counselor. Like I think some counselors are looking at surface level things and want to tie a bow on it and want you to feel better, like after an hour, which maybe that works for some people, but like I see so deep and so quick and so many layers like to the healing process that it's really what you're saying is like having an inquisitive mind and asking deeper and deeper questions until you understand as a practitioner, how all of the parts of them are connecting to their presenting Mm -hmm. issue. Exactly. And even when people come to me, um, you know, maybe a lot of their, they have a lot of physical symptoms, but it could be you know, an emotional reaction. It could be a psychological trauma reaction. You know, there, there are so many different avenues that I can't address, but can present as physical 
issues. And so, you know, how you said you, you have to peel the onion, you have to figure out where people go. And that may be changing treatment plans that may be, you know, maybe I'm not the fit for them. Maybe they need some type of other care, or maybe they need to go to someone else before I can make a difference in their lives. And I think that, you know, I love looking at that approach of people is, you know, I may not be your cup of tea, but I'm hoping that I can find your cup of tea and and get you the help and care that you absolutely deserve. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I love referring to you and to a lot of our other holistic um, practitioners and, and people we work with, because it's like, we should all work together always, you know, yeah. you know, we shouldn't be one doctor for one person. It should be your doc. You, you that one patient has an arsenal of care of people that they can go to. And then they are all constantly working with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's just been the privilege of collaborating, mm-hmm. um, with like-minded practitioners and the group that we have, you know, sharing a roof that we get to like be able to learn from one another and maybe we're approaching the same presenting cause, but we each have our own lens of expertise. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious for you, like specifically with mental health, cause you said sometimes like it's not a physical issue. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe someone's coming to you within their mind, a physical issue, but are there ever times where people come to you and you have this gut sense that it's more of like a mental or emotional route? And how would oh. you describe like knowing that and how do you handle that? Yeah, I I will I will think I personally think yoga really helped me with that. So when I took my first yoga class, um, a lot of low back hip poses can cause a visceral response, and a lot of times a visceral response is like crying or um, super like inward thinking, uh, deep contemplation type things. So when people come to me, um, and sometimes they're like, "Oh, my low back hurts," and you're like, "Okay," and then you're asking, you're asking, and all of a sudden you realize that there was a death in the family, or there was um, maybe a trauma of some sort, and you're so you're starting to peel back, and you're like, "Okay, your symptoms don't really match up to X, Y, and Z." Um, you know, we can try care, but you know, then you start re- unraveling more of the patient history, and and you know, I try to really get to know my patients on a personal level as well too. And you just realize that there is an emotional response tied into it. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, when I taught, when I teach yoga, especially like a slow flow class, and I do a lot of hip opening, I can see people want to run away from poses. Or when I work on someone and I'm working, you know, um, inner groin or iliopsoas or something around their pelvis hips, and they, you know, they look scared or they, you know, they, 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 recoil from me. I'm like, okay, there could be something more deeper and your emotions are tied into your muscles, into your body in a beautiful way, but it can also overpower all of their senses so that the only the person can say that they have is pain. You know, that's all they can describe it as. I just, I just have pain here. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you, you just peel it back and you, you listen to them. And I feel like that's what we lost a lot in allopathic care is just listening. You know, we're tied to 15 minute appointments and you got to be out. And that's one thing I wanted to make sure when I um, opened up my own practice was you're not a you're not a number to me and you're not a time frame. You are a human that has a problem. And I want to give you the the um, the time and the space to talk about it and mm. to figure out what what care needs to be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I wish that all doctors had that understanding I do too. and that I empathy do. and compassion and Hearing you describe this, Jenna, it's all, I almost feel like like you and I approach. We can approach someone really in opposite doors, but we're we're both moving towards wholeness. And so they're coming to you with a physical issue, and as you just described, sometimes 
Maybe there's an emotional stuckness or some type of subconscious pattern in that part of the body, whether it's grief or pain or trauma. And for me, sometimes I I cognitively process with someone as deep as I can. And then there's like a wall, like mm-hmm. something feels like it, it's somatic, it's in the body. And until the body gets a release, mm-hmm. they can't consciously like go deeper. Yeah. So isn't that, it's interesting to look at it from two different lenses because really we're doing the same thing, but we're, would you say we're approaching it like in different doors? Yeah, I hundred percent. And a lot of times if I release, you know, low back tension or do any like muscle release, sometimes they'll have that visceral response to it. And so I feel like that's why we work so beautifully together Mm because, you know, I, I don't look at it from your lens all the time and you don't look at it from mine, but like you said, we're approaching it from the same building, but different doors. And and we're coming right. to that middle section together yeah. to help that patient heal. Yeah. Because that that's, that's why patients need multiple providers. They need someone yeah. to help with each thing. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a one-stop shop. Yeah. And I, I've often dreamed and maybe someday all of us practitioners will make this happen, but I'm like, it would be a dream to have like a full day where we could focus on like one client altogether. And Mm -hmm. we're all just holding space. We're all doing what we do. You know, maybe you're adjusting and they have some emotional symptoms come up. So then like I sit with them in the emotional pain and I empathetically listen and let them Mm -hmm. cry and process like, you know, what's coming up. And I know for me and my experience with both chiropractic and physical therapy, when something comes up unexpected, it was something about that physical release that then gave me access on this deeper emotional level. And because I felt safe with my practitioner, even though they weren't a counselor, and because I'm self-aware and I have the strong mind-body connection, I could start to name that and verbally process it. Because to me, I think holding space for that, as you said, and not being rushed is so important. Because what happens normally, most often, is that people maybe get an adjustment, they have a they start to have an emotional release, but then they shut it down or the practitioner does is not self-aware. And so then they almost bypass, they bypass that part of the body. They push through the physical adjustment. And then the whole opportunity for a deeper healing was left abandoned. Exactly. And then are they truly ever getting to that point? You know, are they always going to like shove it down and and never get full healing from it? And some people are timid to, you know, they, yeah. they get that response and they're like, I'm not, I'm not ready to go there. Like this, this can't happen. And then they stop care completely, you know, yeah. cause they recoil cause they're so yeah. overwhelmed emotionally and physically. Yeah. And it's almost like, like sometimes the, the phrase probably we both hear is like, Oh, I don't know why I'm crying. Mm-hmm. And people will like almost shame themselves. I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know what's wrong with me. Or I wasn't expecting to cry today. I mean, probably 50, 50% of the time when a new client comes into my office within like two minutes, they start crying. Mm -hmm. And it's like something about having safe space and something about even for them, for example, you give example with the hip, like let's say the hip is holding some type of stored emotion. They feel safe with you. Obviously you're adjusting gently and, you know, know Mm -hmm. their body and there's just power about being able to let come out what needs to come out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I do think that's an art. Like, what would you speak even maybe to other practitioners who are listening who maybe don't know how to do that? Like, how can you honor the sacredness of what's coming out from that person's system without like rushing it? Oh, man. Without changing the whole system? No. <laughs> <laughs> All it was. 
all at once, right? It's hard because um, I think as a female, I can, and most of my practice is females, I can empathize more with them and I can understand certain areas and why they're feeling what they're feeling. Um, But I would say, you know, if a person has a trauma or a response and they're working with them, you know, even just gentle compression or gentle touch, or, you know, maybe even like taking your hands off and just sitting to the side and just looking at them in their eyes and letting them process what's happening. Um, There's been many times that I've stopped the adjustment and, you know, I'm not going to continue on because they, you can tell that they're not okay and they, they cannot continue on. So I'm not going to continue on. And I think it's just holding that spot. I think as a chiropractor, especially other chiropractors that I've been to, it's, you know, you have to hit a certain amount of time that you're with the patient and you have to adjust so many levels to get insurance to pay. And that's just the the crummy part of it is insurance dictates a lot of our care. And so I think when people you know, and now I'm just preaching to the whole world. Like, you know, if we could go into a model of care that, you know, you have the funds to take care of your health without being dictated by who you can see and what you, and what you can do with it, it, it can make a big difference. And insurance is always the, the yeah. elephant in the room that just makes it so much harder. But as a practitioner, when I know a patient is having a response, I, you know, hold space by, you know, just keeping my hands on their body. And a lot of times just touching someone else can can be a huge relief. Um, But then taking it gentle or, you know, saying, Hey, you know, we're not going to continue on, but you're more than welcome to talk to me about what's going on. How do you feel? And even that, you know, I've, I found I've gotten so many compliments from patients to say, Hey, this is what I found. This is what I want to do. Are you okay with that? Like, do you, do you know what I'm going to do with your body? What's going to happen? And we need to be on the same wavelength for that too. And I think that is a lot of trusting um, mm-hmm. that patients have with me is, is I ask permission every single time, you know, I don't yes. care if I've seen you for years or if, if it's our first visit, I'm going to say, Hey, Amber, are you okay with me doing this or touching this part of your body? Or, you know, just being respectful with it. Cause I do have a mm-hmm. lot of moms who've had, you know, birth traumas or anything like that. And, and, you know, I don't want to be added onto that. And I've had other patients who are like, Oh, I went to a chiropractor and I literally felt like a glow stick. They just cracked everything and I was done. And it's like, okay, maybe areas needed to be adjusted, but let's take a step back and say, Hey, this is why I'm doing it. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I, I do agree. I think that's what helps you know, patients feel safe and emotionally safe, physically safe with you. And I hear you doing that. And especially I want to say too, like you were the first chiropractor that ever, like after, for me, after birthing two big boys, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I didn't even understand for us as women, all that happens in the pelvic bowl and the sacrum, Mm -hmm. the tailbone. And so I just think there's something too sacred about like how you honor the body for what it's done, like yeah. especially for women carrying a baby, birthing a baby. Is there anything you want to speak to that? Because I know that's a passion of yours about that population. What do women need to be aware of if they've maybe never been adjusted before or after baby? Yeah, I think people need to realize, um, and I think women do, but they maybe don't put it out into like verbiage. They don't speak it is there's a lot of trauma that happens to our bodies and what happens to the baby as it, as baby either, you know, comes out via C-section or vaginal birth, you know, our, 
our pelvis houses our organs, our pelvic floor, and also the fetus itself. So we go through stretching. We go through organs are not in the same spot. They get shoved out of the way. Our whole entire skeletal pelvis has to open a certain amount for baby to descend into the birthing canal. And whether you vaginally push or a C-section, your baby is still into your vaginal canal. So it, a lot of things happen in that area. Um, ligaments get stretched out differently. Muscles get different. You start to compensate different. So when I see a mom that's never been adjusted, even after birth and postpartum, our bodies are never the same. And so a lot of this bounce back culture, I, I don't care for because our body is never going to bounce back to pre-baby or even the baby prior, you know, our, our bodies are constantly evolving and changing. And, um, I read a really great article about someone who articulated that it's almost like we're rebirthed every single time we have a baby. And even when you, you choose a woman chooses not to go down that path, our pelvis still does a lot of work, menstrual cycles, um, bowel movements, anything like that. Our, our woman's body is, is sacred, but it, it, it has such a powerful life force with hormones and emotions and everything. So when you look at the female body, especially, you have to kind of take all that into play where they're at in life, where they want to be in life, what, and what their symptoms are. So when I, when women come to me, I'm like, you're the population that needs it the most, because also you're the bottom of the totem pole. So children, no children or not family spouses or not, you're usually putting everyone above you or before you. And yeah. so when you're not taking care of yourself, how can you take care of anyone else? Your friends, your your parents, your siblings, your children, your husband or partner, like how are you going to do any of it? And yeah. so um, women just need to realize that we're pretty awesome, but we have a lot going on in our body and we need to be more aware. Um, I just finished a course with Aviva Ram um, for functional women's integrative medicine, and it was astonishing how much hormones play into our body and how often women are just bombarded with hormone disruptors and how it affects us. So men, you know, they could go out into the environment and have, you know, touch a toxic product and be fine. And for a woman, it could mess up your thyroid or it could mess up your estrogen or progesterone or testosterone levels. And now all of a sudden you're, you're set into a spin. And, you know, if you're going into your menstrual cycle, I mean, it's just this huge thing. So women need to realize that we get affected a lot more and we need to, to honor that in a way that I don't think we have in the, we haven't as well in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very well said. And especially I think our structure carries the weight that we carry emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, you know, from carrying a child to holding children, or even just sometimes when we feel, if we don't feel supported, you know, that's mm -hmm. sort of like our shoulders start to go up. We go into self-protective posture. We have bad posture. Wow. Um, and so I think the state of your structure, if you're listening to this, I think it's good to reflect on what is the state of my structure? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what has my structure been holding? And how am I receiving support for the very part of me that supports the rest of me? Exactly. Yeah. You know, how many times a day are you driving and you're just slumped down and you're holding your breath or you're, you know, you're, you're, you're clenching your jaw, like multiple times a day. I have to tell myself, drop my shoulders away from my ears, take a deep breath, open my lungs, open my chest, unclench my jaw mm -hmm. and just 
settle for a second. Like, let me just like reground, you know, give a big sigh, let your nervous system kind of reset itself. It's, it's a beautiful thing, but it's, it's something that for me personally, I have to do multiple times a day. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Even though we're aware of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, cause we're not only, you know, running businesses and moms, but also we're (laughs) holding space for a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. And so we have to remind ourselves of these very things too. Um, is there anything in terms of people who are seeking out care? Like, is there anything you want to share about how they might know they need to see a chiropractor or acupuncture or anything else that you yeah. offer? So I, I tell people a lot of times chiropractic is kind of similar to speed dating. You got to find someone who's in line with what you need. And there are people out there who do really well with, um, you know, like a walk-in clinic. They just want to be kind of realigned, just want to be adjusted and, and they're fine. But I also find that personalities mix too. So, you know, go to chiropractor. I think everyone should have a chiropractor with them um, under their care, but I don't know, maybe a little bit too loosey goosey about it. (laughs) I, I, you need it when you need it. You know, obviously you don't want to wait till it gets too bad. And now all of a sudden now you have to be, you know, seeing your chiropractor a little bit more. Um, that's why I love, you know, quote unquote maintenance care. You're coming in every few months, you're just getting reassessed, realigned, doing what, um, your body needs to stay healthy. And then you're moving on because you're doing lifestyle modifications. You're, you know, opening your shoulders, you're stretching, you're, um, adding in weight training or any type of um, like cardiovascular work, you're doing stuff on the outside and your chiropractor is just a little bit to help you with that structural component too. Yeah. So on one end, everyone should see a chiropractor, but on the other end, you need to go to one that fits your, what you need in your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously I would recommend Dr. Jenna Snyder. <laughs> so if, if you're not aware of this, Jenna and I, along with a group of other female practitioners, get to share a space and collaborate. And we obviously have an incredible team. And she is an amazing resource, especially for women who are in the season of pregnancy, postpartum, just general women's issues. I know really is Jenna's heart. And so if they want to find out more about you or schedule an appointment, can you tell them where they can find that info? Yeah, you can go to my website, SnyderFamilyChiropractic.com. I also have a Instagram page, uh, Dr. Jenna Snyder DC, and a uh, Facebook page, which is Snyder Family Cairo. Um, uh, yeah, so you can go on there. You can uh, schedule an appointment online via my website, or you can call the office. Either one. Well, thank you so much, Janai. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Yeah, thank you for all of your wisdom and resources. And if you're looking for a great chiropractor, check out Jenna's website. And we'll post some more links in the show notes of any other resources that we mentioned today. So thanks for being here. And I will see you next time. Thanks. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me today. You are loved, valued, and important. If this episode impacted you, I invite you to share it with your community. I would love to hear your takeaways. So take a screenshot, type your aha moment, and tag me at Life Interconnected so that others can be encouraged too. Thank you for being a part of this mindful movement of believers. Let's live intentionally as God designed our lives to be interconnected. I will see you next week.